Welcome to the Red Gaze, a program where we critique native-themed films based on our perspective as the native audience. A program where we discuss what films get right, what they get wrong, and how we apply the Red Gaze to what could have been. Hey, hey, everybody. My name is Cheryl Carey. I'm your host for the Red Gaze. I am here with my co-host, Mariah Kroigo. Hello, hello. My co-host, Clay Risingson. Hello. And we are missing <laughs> one co-host. <laughs> <laughs> who's out on a ripper right now um he's on a runner so yeah we're um we miss you miss you ben i hope you catch her um, <laughs> i hope you catch them <laughs> hope you caught at least one <laughs> all right what's the day we're gonna <laughs> today uh appropriately we're gonna take on a war movie <laughs> wind talkers all right, Wind Talkers is a 2002 movie. The synopsis of Wind Talkers is Marine Joe Enders is assigned to protect Ben Yazi, a Navajo code talker, the Marine's new secret weapon. Enders' orders are to protect his code talker, but if Yazi should fall into enemy hands, he's to protect the code at all costs. Against the backdrop of the horrific Battle of Saipan, when capture is imminent, Enders is forced to make a decision. If he can't protect his fellow Marine, can he bring himself to kill him to protect the code? Wow. Boo. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I know, right? So, this movie got a 6.1 out of 10 on IMBD and 33% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, so, yeah. Slaughtered this <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it was easy to find a lot of criticism of this film. What did you guys find? Okay, so, like, I saw that, like, they make the movie like that they have to protect these natives, right? I guess they did it in real life because they were capturing natives, like, mistaking them for Japanese people. So it's not because they wanted to protect them or the code. Like, historically, it's because they it's, they were capturing them, mistaking them for Japanese people. I just thought that was interesting and funny. Like, oh, yeah, we're just going to remake it, you know, but we we're just trying to protect them. I thought that was hilarious well that's like the one thing that i found about this movie that i thought was interesting uh for me i found that um one of the co-talkers albert smith actually helped advise producer john woo and john woo is actually chinese the director yeah and he's directing a japanese film you know like so how crazy is that to get a guy who's actually chinese to get like a japanese american war film so I thought that was pretty neat. I, to me, this was the ultimate white gaze film, <laughs> right? And, right. Yeah. And like, how can this be the ultimate white gaze film when it's by another minority person or person right. of color? You know that like it just shocked me that here's an opportunity for you to really showcase another minority, and instead you take the the white gaze approach. So it was really disappointing for me. This this film was disappointing. And one of the things that I had to do because it was so disappointing is to, to prove that it's the ultimate white gaze film. There are, I went, I went through and I timed all the scenes that were actually about the code talking. Yeah. 
there was literally five minutes right yeah only five minutes of this two hour and 15 minute film yep five minutes five minutes was actually about the actual code talking there was 55 seconds at the beginning where they practice translating you know they're saying the words in navajo for the Mm -hmm. tanks and stuff there's two minutes and 23 seconds where they practice calling in the messages and translating there's 45 seconds where he actually gets on this um, Japanese radio and he calls in some reinforcements, but he speaks in English the whole time. Yep. <laughs> and there's one minute at the end where he sends in the final coordinates, like when, when they when they get shot at the end. And that's it. Uh, I, my favorite review of this oh. movie is, uh, Wind Talkers comes advertised as the saga of how Navajo Indians use their language to create an unbreakable code that helped win World War II in the Pacific. That's fascinating. Little well-known story might have been a good movie. <laughs> yeah, right? right. right. Yes, <laughs> it could have been favorite. such an awesome movie. But, oh my God. It, one of my favorite critiques is the statement that they made was, why the hell they tried to sell something to do with Native Americans when it's just another train wreck Nicolas Cage vehicle is beyond me. <laughs> right? And a review I got was focused too much on the half-crazed Sergeant Enders. Yeah. Like, PTSD. My mom was sticking up for him. She was like, but he has PTSD. And I was like, oh, and they don't. Oh, God. <laughs> she loves Nick Cage. I was like, stop. Oh, my God. That's, I had to get, I had to totally get past that for this movie because I, I can't stand Nicolas Cage. <laughs> and he, I think he just totally overacts everything. Right? He does. Like his eyes and his eyebrows. Yeah. He just swaggers. You could just like tell he's always acting. And he's like, like a good case for nepotism. He's part of the, um, which family? Oh, is yeah. It? The, um, um, uh, he made the Godfather. Coppola. He's part of the Coppola yep. family. Wow. Yeah. So he's, so the only the only saving grace in this one i think was adam beach roger willie the guy who played charlie whitehorse and my boy christian slater i was like i've i've crushed on christian slater for i don't know how many years so no criticism of christian slater in this well it's like it's not a criticism but like i I liked him in this movie because he wasn't cosplaying as um uh al pacino so that was (laughs) (laughs) one of the few films right Yes, just think about because I think about all the things that this film could have right. highlighted and talked about. Like, I feel like they showed the scene where they were learning the words, but in the research that I did, it was like there were twenty nine original Navajo men who actually developed the code, and and they advised the army on how to develop the code, and we get this like little thirty second clip of how yeah yeah of how they're yeah. it seems like oh the army is teaching them this code. And it was like, no, they actually taught the army these right, words exactly. and how to use this code. Yeah. I and was like, not immersion class on the military base. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, it's like they couldn't be trusted to tell their own damn story. Right. I I was kind of frustrated because, um, you know, some of the other things that there that was said about this is in the writing of the script. You know, again, they wanted to focus on the the relationships of men because like i don't know i guess john woo is known for like his buddy action. army action yeah well like, i thought he to me he's known for making like chaotic loud sequences that don't need to be there right <laughs> yeah right chaotic movies that was definitely 
very chaotic. I, I would have liked to have seen why they chose the Navajo language. Like, you know, yeah. down, it's not anywhere. That's probably why they chose it, because the Japanese couldn't study it. They couldn't find it. So it would have been cool to see that. Like, this is why they chose this. You know what I mean? Yeah, they could have done some backstory about how it was chosen. Um, in doing the internet research, what I found is that this is not the first time they used the native language. In fact, in World War One, they used the Choctaw language. So in, oh, wow. in World War Two, they used they also used um, Meskwaki language. They used Clinket. Uh, so uh, our boy Ben here, if he hadn't been on his terror, he could be over here repping Clinket language. <laughs> <laughs> Niche. That goes out to you, Ben. So, so they used all these languages, but the, the the reason that they used the Navajo in the World War II was because it was such an obscure language. It's really hard to speak. It's it it's a tonal language, so like you can't like you can say a word. They'll be able to sense an accent, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So oh, wow. you have to be very fluent in it to, in order to speak it and understand it well. So um, I think that's one of the things I found really interesting is. And 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 one of the other little bits of of trivia I found was like they sent over eight hundred encrypted messages over the course of all these battles during World War Two, and all successful, and none of them cracked. And and I, I think I read too that it took the Navajo uh, code talkers thirty seconds to break it, and I think it took the machines thirty minutes right to, to crack their code. So it was really like um, it was a really sophisticated way of getting codes through right and so, so when you, with that much like material why didn't they right. spend more time you know fleshing talking about this, yeah, yeah fleshing out that whole story i just feel like i was really let down by this movie but they really um uh i know a lot of navajos they really like own this movie though they like take ownership of it yeah they're so proud of this they're movie because really i know a few too and they're just like i had to ask like what was your intake on this movie and they were like well it's so great you know we're all in it and they all like they're all like my grandpa's a code talker yeah. yeah i i agree i think it's it's like we were saying earlier about some other movies you know it's like well at least there's a movie about it yeah. you know right, what I mean? right so if someone else did the movie and did it better and then put it up against this one then people would say oh you know forget this one this one's a great movie yeah. but there's no choice because this is this is pretty much the only movie about the code talkers, yeah. unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, it's very sad, and there are like a lot of them. Yeah. What was it? One isn't there one more left? No, they're all gone. They're all gone. They're all gone. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, let's get into uh, giving out our feathers. So here at the Red Gaze, we give out uh, little feathers in honor of the uh, protest at the 1973 Academy Awards, where Sashi and Little Feather refused the. Best Actor Award for Marlon Brando in protest of Hollywood's portrayal of Native Americans and to draw attention to Wounded Knee. So here on the Red Gaze, we give out uh, feathers. And our first feather that we're going to give out is the Fancy Dancer feather. Clay, what do you got for your... Who, who are you, what, what scene are you going to give your Fancy Dance feather to? It was really hard to find like a scene that I really liked that I thought was, oh, that's cool. Uh, I liked the when uh, he's going to cool off in the water and he comes out and he's like reaching for his stuff and Chick grabs him and like, you know, kind of roughs him up a bit and he's like, you know what the difference between you and a Japanese is? And he's like, you know, it's uh, you're slanted, you're just a slanted-eyed uh, savage and stuff like that. So I thought it was like uh, the only honest depiction of a white guy. A racist mm. white guy, you know what I mean? Like the 
um, the guy who calls him chief right away because yeah. they're all in. <laughs> there's always one of those. And then Mark Ruffalo comes and saves him. Oh yeah, yeah. we gotta let's give a shout out to Mike yeah. Mark Ruffalo. Like, well, like, this is origin story. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like this is why he was standing with us at yeah, standing room. Right? Like, are we witnessing an origin story? <laughs> so I thought that was cool. Uh, that scene in um, when they play the flute, I thought it was really cool when they played the flute together. And he's like, "Oh, I play the harmonica." And he's like, "Let's play together." And it was it was like a cute moment of levity that I actually enjoyed. I thought it was cute. Yeah, that was a good one. It was mine had to been um, when he actually Charlie Whitehorse kills the white or saves the white guy oh, yeah, yeah saves the racist white guy that had to be and then he just like like it dawned on him he or has, something he has like a, his, like, his belief system collapsed yeah and you could just like see it in the film because the next time you see him he's like my grandpa my grandpa always talked about hunting indians you know like yeah like I, actually that's my best scene that's oh, really? my yeah because he's they're walking along on that road and then it's after charlie gets killed and and he's like, you know, oh yeah, he saved my bacon. Country boy, country boy saying what? And then he's like, uh, you know, I remember my granddaddy talking about killing Indians. And then, and then he goes, the second part of it, he's he goes, who knows? In fifty years, we'll be sitting with the nips, drinking their sake, you know. Yeah. And and you know, to me, it was a good scene. It was, I think, it, I I made it the best scene because it was about the absurdity of war because. That's the reality. Yeah. yeah. In 50 years. Yeah. Look how, you know, look how connected we are with um, China and Japan and, all, you know, like all these countries. And yeah, we are drinking sake. Sake is pretty good. actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you know, and we have all these, um, you know, trade with all, all these countries and stuff. And so it's like, yeah, the, who's the enemy of the day? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. it's, so it's this this commentary on the 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 stupidness of war and i like that in a war film you know what i mean instead of like all the i know some guys like all the the explosions and all that stuff but <laughs> i like them pointing out that war is stupid yeah, yeah. How dumb it is. the other scene i had a i had um down as the best scene because I, I really it was a toss-up between the two is when they first show how they use the language to take out that hill Oh yeah, when he calls in the coordinates and they're using the the Navajo language and I don't know something about I could see where like Navajo people would really like because to me it almost like made me cry I was like oh my god that's so cool you know like that right. is so cool like it was just a really cool scene and I just wanted so much more of that that's type. all you get I know yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it <laughs> yep just a little bit just a little tiny taste yep that's all you get. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next uh, area we're going to give awards to is our uh, sneak up feather. Well, I think that Adam Beach and Charlie Whitehorse are secondary characters in this movie. You know what I mean? I think Charlie Whitehorse is the one that sneaked up for me. Oh, yeah, definitely. I really liked him, and um, I guess he wouldn't play. Adam Beach said he wasn't going to play this role unless they were casted this Charlie Whitehorse. Really? Yeah. Right. So oh, he got him this role. I can see that because this guy, to me, was like. Man, he was the he made the movie. Yeah, I, I would agree. I think it's unanimous that Charlie Roger Willie is the actor, and I guess he he's he's not even an an actor really. No, yeah. he's just a Navajo guy, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, I thought I thought he did an excellent job. He was just a really natural actor, you know. Just like came across right just as a regular guy, um, and I love the scene where he like pulls out his big old Indian knife and like freaking takes all these yeah, guys and out and then like whips yeah, that it was pretty, that was pretty awesome yeah 
Yeah, no, he, uh, for me, same. Like, I had to, um, the way he was in the movie, he was, like, how I said, um, there's always two separate natives. And for Ben Yazi and Charlie Whitehorse, we saw it. Um, ben Yazi was the guy who was all about, you know, even um, Charlie Whitehorse, Whitehorse says it, you know, we're going to go help your white brothers. Yeah. Because he knew Ben Yazi was, like, all about the whites. Yeah. He even named his son George Washington. Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? And then when he died, um, Ben Yazi goes, he didn't even want to be a part of this. Mm -hmm. So from the very beginning, we had a woke native and a not so woke native, you know, where Charlie Whitehorse was just like, he didn't even want to be a part of them. Right. So it was kind of, I just thought his character was so cool just because how he portrayed himself. Yeah. Is he the only native in this movie? The, those are the only two, yeah. yeah. Are they, um, and then, uh, that's what I was going to say, is like, and there's a third native. Remember there's the picture of the tortured native? I was like, that's, um, that's a little bit too much. Right. And I, I don't know, it didn't, it didn't, I don't know if, I think all the extras that were in that classroom scene where they were learning, oh, yeah. they may have been all natives too, yeah. like extras. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, yeah. In the beginning of like the credits and you look up the film where it says the cast, not once does it say Roger Willie. It always goes mm -hmm. just Adam Beach and then Christian Slater, Mark Ruffalo, Nicolas Cage. It does. I looked. You did? Yeah. I did. had to like look for his name, but yeah. I didn't see it in there. Yeah, it was on there. I looked for it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because I was Stirring thinking like he's like, I almost, <laughs> I almost got mad when I was looking for oh, it. No. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> But I bet, but I bet checking out the end credits would will be crazy if they're if they're all extras from the from the Navajo reservation because they'll all be like um, Joe Yazi, George Yazi, George Begay, John Begay. So we gotta we gotta say the the, the um joke. we gotta say the joke. Yes, exactly. What's the joke? What's the joke? The joke is um, um, if you're not a Yazi, you might as well be gay. <laughs> Kind of a dad joke. Classic. We gotta add the classic though. Classic <laughs> Navajo joke. <laughs> All the extras. Yazi, Yazi. Yeah. Ben gay. Yazi. Really? <laughs> All of Roger's cousins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next area. The next uh, area we're gonna give out our feathers for the name moment. Um, remember they're in that dugout, and he's got to throw that bag in there. He's got to remember he throws that. What, what is that bag? Oh, oh the, like a bomb, and like yeah. some kind of explosive. Yeah, or something. he throws it, and it's like not going off. And so that soldier comes, and he grabs him and throws him up, and that soldier just gets lit up like in a real dramatic <laughs> way. And he grabs that thing, he throws it, and it lands on it. And then it's like, how long is that? How long is that a wait? <laughs> right. And then it just blows up right when it gets there. The minute, there. yeah. I was like, I'm Convenient. so sure that. Convenient blow up. Happen. That did not happen. And then um, the one thing that uh, uh, a couple of my friends said that they didn't like about this movie was that uh, the clans, when he's when he tells them their clans, they're like, I would never, ever tell anybody what my clan is. You don't tell anybody what your clan is, I guess. And I guess it was, they, were, they were like, that's like, it's like a name moment. I don't think that he would tell him what his clan is. So that was a little bit too much. I think they do it amongst themselves. When they yeah. introduce themselves, yeah, because yeah. I've been at, like, different places where they have conference, I mean, where they're, where Navajo people will introduce themselves and they'll say what their clan is and then they'll say their, 
like born for i don't know what that is exactly. oh i never like understood that either like born born for so like your i think it's one is like your mom's side and one is like your dad's side or something yeah. so they tell you they tell you like what both like clans you have or something like that i was so. born for this yazzie yeah. yeah. <laughs> some of them are like, i would never tell anybody what my clan is oh really yeah. i've met a few navajos I mean, where well, they well we got told because we're native yeah maybe so they i think they mean i would never tell anybody outside of native what my clan is right right because they wouldn't understand a thing about it yeah but they're really secretive mm-hmm. like i live down there they're like like what people like to call them witches like you know and stuff like that that was um and then when he... that, that was actually my one of my name moments is that where he so they're um in the heat of battle or whatever and some kind of army official comes walking up and he's like joe enders and then he's like oh yeah. he's in that star and he just like whips out a purple heart or yeah. whatever out of his pocket like they carry him around in their pockets <laughs> and they're like oh here's this medal for you and and the indian and you know and he tries to like give him credit or whatever and and then he rattles off his clan and who he's born for yes, and all this. And yes. I'm like, yeah, like he remembered that. <laughs> Whatever. Those guys don't think stuff like that is important. There's no way he would have remembered that. That was my name moment. <laughs> Actually, it had to do with that. Because I, cause I was like, they don't, they don't care about stuff like that. You right, know, he would have right. never remembered. His memory is not that good. My other name moment was like, 10 seconds into the movie when the Greyhound bus pulled right up in front of their right. house. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody told me that... Like, like, oh, hell no, that... <laughs> like, you want to be wearing all your turquoise, too. Because the whole family came. You know? yeah, they, they were and they had house. their, like, get up and their the white thing in their hair. And I was like, come on. Like, that little house? For the Greyhound my, bus. My family never did that for me. You know what I mean? Well, the Greyhound bus pulls right up in front of right. your house. Which was probably like deep into Navajo country. Like, yeah, you're lucky if it goes to the right. major cities. And you around. look around and there's nothing but this little house and all this turquoise and stuff. Like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So crazy. All right. Mariah, you have another name moment? Yeah, mine was when Ben Yazzie was so mad. You know, Charlie Whitehorse died and all that stuff. <laughs> and he was so mad and just he woke he's like oh i don't know why i'm here saving these cowboys and he's like running towards the field shooting all these and i'm like oh my god that's me in war zone (laughs) 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 but i just thought like that's yeah that's not happening are you kidding me you did not just go in there and kill all those people because he's so raging mad whatever (laughs) i felt like they were really insulting in this film too like to Adam Beach's character like he wouldn't have been a very good Marine like this Joe Enders had to like swagger in and save him all the time and stuff because babysit him yeah it was ridiculous because in the um I mean, in the history of Native American veterans, we've always been, Native people have always been outstanding military people, you know, like right. always the top at sharpshooting and always the top at, you know, the physical, um, you know, aspect of being uh, in the military. And then to think that, oh, yeah, just these Navajos all came in and they had to be, you know, they, they couldn't do their job as a Marine. Yeah. So that I thought that was ridiculous. Not I mean, not necessarily a name moment, but I think just throughout the whole thing, it was like a little unbelievable that they couldn't carry their weight as right. Marines or that's kind of the, the 
impression that they, that they gave you. When in reality, you guys couldn't stop kidnapping them and mistaking them for Japanese people. <laughs> <laughs> and then the end, too, where he does the ceremony for him. I was like, oh, hell no. Oh, God, I know. <laughs> oh, <hell to> know. <laughs> and he's like, cut here? that out i'm not that drunk and i'm like oh my god why would you even do that in the first place yeah to a drunk guy because we do ceremony to drunk guys yeah you hear that ben oh then we may have to do that to it <laughs> we have to do we have to exercise our ben before he comes back and does another pot <laughs> no you have to end with at the end when he goes to the mesa oh the water ceremony for oh okay. that, that one i thought I he was like, oh hell no <laughs> jesus christ no <laughs> no and i guess um another one of my friends told me too that that place has no cultural significance either they're oh like, they knew they knew yeah, where it was that where it was they're like and that's just like a nowhere and they're like and there's not really anywhere that we could say is culturally significant because it's so so protected you know what I mean? yeah and why would you film there for this crazy unbelievable movie anyway yeah so <laughs> like what does he have his watch or something Dog tags. Oh, his dog tags. Yeah. Like his name was, and I'm like, oh my god, not say his name. Oh, not say their name. Please don't name your kid after this guy. God, <laughs> please don't. Oh, this terrible actor. <laughs> but we know Ben Yazi did. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Uh, any other name moments? I mean, there's a lot of name moments in this movie, um, for real. When they showed the picture, that I already said that, but when they showed the picture of the native, I was like, I don't think that that's factually accurate. Because they were capturing them, they weren't murdering them. You know what I mean? Right. When they went to, when they were in that um, Japanese ca- camp or town, and he walks into like that little house or whatever, and he draws the Catholic church oh, on there, right. and I was like, "Oh my God! Of course, take over this, and then." <laughs> and of course, they bond over colonialism. <laughs> like, oh, I'm Catholic too. <laughs> <laughs> the Disney Grace. Oh, <laughs> I was like, oh my god! I was like, also with you, but they changed that. I was like, oh, that's right. Never mind. That's me. That's me. Sorry. But yeah, that was for me. I was like, that was yes. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, let's give out. Let's move on. Give out our next feathers. Uh, who could handle your auntie or your uncle? Uh, Christian Slater. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> Heathers. I've been a fan I, I was giving Heathers. my. I know, me too. Oh, I was really? gonna say Heathers. Yes, yeah. I loved him in Heathers. I He's think that's why I fell in love. Yes, I give him a full on warp on it. He's he's my uh, Michael Gray eyes in this movie. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> do you know? Do you like Christian Slater? Or are you not really familiar? Not really familiar. No. Pump no. up the volume was another one that right in that time period where yeah, he did no, no. that i just thought he was really good in that one and was just... he batman no no oh then no i don't know anything about him <laughs> <laughs> mark ruffalo we already talked about him but oh that was mine he had the beard going i don't think i've ever seen him with a beard no and he looks so young yeah, yeah right like i couldn't believe it it was like the nerd guy so nice. with the and he's like walking in disgust <laughs> when they're talking about their plan mm-hmm. and hyperventilating yeah <laughs> And he gets mad at Chick when he was making fun of like Adam Beach's character Ben Yazi, and I was like, oh, yeah. "That's my guy." <laughs> yep, yep. yep, I I do think that's where he that's where he started to become. Oh yeah, he saw the injustice. <laughs> that was my guy, Mark Ruffalo. And I thought Chick Chick kind of looked like that guy from Starship Troopers. I almost gave it to him because I don't know. I like an ass. <laughs> 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 
almost made it him, but I, I can't do that. He's he's the racist one. <laughs> no, yeah, no, especially when he makes a comment. What did he say? What they went up to him and they said, "You think too much," and he was like, "That's first time I've been to that." Yeah, <laughs> he was so shocked. He's like a himbo, like a, <laughs> like a yeah. Yeah. yes, exactly. All right, let's move on to our next area where uh, we we eighty six a scene, scene eighty six. <laughs> What's scene eighty six for you? Mine. We could have took Nicholas Cage's whole beginning scene out, and like just got rid of that whole beginning scene because I mean there was really no point to it, and added more into um, the Navajo Wind Talkers. You know, more. I wanted more of that. Yeah. But if we could have just cut that whole scene out, that would have been great. And why they're called Wind Talkers is kind of a throwaway moment. Because I was like, I was getting upset. I was like, why is it called Wind Talkers? It's called Code Talkers. I was like, why is it called Wind Talkers? I don't understand. And then there's a scene in there where he's like, we should call ourselves Wind Talkers. I just thought that was like kind of a throwaway moment too. It's like, you could have had more of that. You know what I right, mean? Because right. I literally didn't understand why it was called Wind Talkers. And I missed that scene a couple times. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, because I watched this movie like five times. I hope you're, I think you're help, or thankful, John Woo. Oh my god. Oh my god, I fell asleep twice. <laughs> I think it. Everybody's criticism of this movie was kind of the same thing. It was just like they spent way too much time on the pyrotechnics and the men screaming yeah. and flailing around. Right. And fell and died, you know. And um, I went to a couple of websites that are that critique war movies and this was like one of the worst war movies yeah. it, it made like every worst war movie list and i wasn't surprised did, did, you, did you read that they said that it was trying to be like band of brothers they're like mm -hmm. if you're, you should just watch band of brothers because he was trying to get like the camaraderie right among yeah the, the like, buddy buddy thing brand of brothers which is great go watch it <laughs> <laughs> or when that guy gets blown up and his leg is just like it's like ripped oh, it, off it, and it's, it's still wanking <laughs> oh that was like, gross throws yeah. him over his shoulder yeah. and his leg is still going I was like oh my god get rid of that yes like, definitely or when he's down bad and they like they're like oh he's he's special like we gotta keep him right after they behead Christian Slater oh right oh, oh that was so crazy I was like what's going on <laughs> oh my god but, uh, then they grab him and they start jumping him and I'm like why are they jumping him like you know what I mean it's like, I just thought it was funny he's like he's getting jumped and they, like make eye contact and he's like just do it and he blows him up right. I like, know I don't think we need to see that right. especially killing a native we got the native tortured and mutilated at the beginning of the picture and then you got this and it's like I don't think we need to see him die and I don't think did any of them really die like that like you know I don't think so no I don't think so but I I hated that they tried to make him look so heroic you know like he's they like, all have him and he's like yeah just you know throw the bomb or like whatever how we're, how we're like stoic yeah like, yeah like yeah stuff like oh uh, that was terrible well i think that was another criticism of the film is like code talkers wouldn't have been on the front lines yeah. they would have been behind with the people who were the strategists you know what yeah. i mean who were determining like where to send the troops they wouldn't have been like with the front troops so it, it kind of much liberties in this movie. Yeah, I think so too. To try to tell a story that really wasn't even central to the code talkers. Yeah, that's why the movie just doesn't seem to to make sense to me. We didn't even know that his son was named George Washington too. Yeah, right. I want that scene in there. Yeah, I really <laughs> didn't like that. What does that serve? <laughs> that you just like a good Indian film. 
he was part of the uh, right, Trump that's why natives. it's such a white gaze movie because like okay so I understand like natives really being proud of our veterans but the reason we're proud of our veterans is because they defend this country and this land you yeah, know what I mean yeah. not because we're America it's because this is our land yeah. right and this is our country so here's this di- director who is a minority director who should actually be more understanding of a minority perspective and he's just buying into these old white tropes that the only reason we could be proud to be a in the military is because we're proud to be Americans and it's like no we're we're proud because we're defending our own land and our own country and that's just ridiculous that that again that's why I keep saying this is like the ultimate white gaze movie right the other one for me was when Adam Benyazi goes up to um, Enders and he's telling him that, you know, I'm here for my land, my people. And then, you know, Enders goes, well, I don't care about your people. You know, that's such a like uh, an American government type mm-hmm. thing. Like I wanted that was like, that's no point saying that that's there was. Everybody's absolutely. native to somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it was like, like y'all, y'all were killing each other long before we came. <laughs> <laughs> All bombs matter. <laughs> so what are you saying about my drum? What we got against my drum? <laughs> my my scene that I would totally eighty six is the end when Nicolas Cage carries Ben out. You know he gets shot oh, in the leg. Nobody's gonna. No, nobody else is nobody's gonna die. Nobody's going to die. <laughs> I'm like, oh my god, is there enough cheese in this movie already? We did not need that huge block of Kamad cheese right there. <laughs> that was crazy. God, I was like, no, no, that's that that scene has got to go. But he ends up dying, right? Doesn't he die? Yeah, he yeah, dies. He dies when he picks him up, right? Yeah, so right. Like, they had to make it this big. <laughs> this, big buddy thing at the end but i don't i wasn't buying it i was just like i don't know i didn't see enough of any kind of bonding going on there i just saw a lot of nicholas cage swaggering around <laughs> right right all right well we got another feather to give out our cousin feather were you guys giving your cousin feather too mm, west duty i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> just made adam beach the lead i think this could have just been a vehicle for him you know, why didn't he... He's been in Hollywood for so long. Has he ever had a, a Hollywood vehicle? I don't think so. No, And he's, so. he's he's like the equivalent to all these other guys. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Why has he never had his own vehicle? This could have been his vehicle. Yes, And maybe exactly. it was supposed to be. Who knows? You know? In but, the hands of another director, maybe, yeah. was who didn't want to make it a war film. They could have made it a film about code talkers. Yeah. I, th- I had a hard time trying to find, a, like, another Native actor because I think these two were perfectly cast. Like... I, yeah. I totally believed Adam Beach was a Navajo could be, right. you know, and Roger Willie, of course. Um, the I guess for f- I would have had anybody else play Nicolas Cage, and this would have made this movie like fifty times yeah. better. Just right. not putting him in there because he just terrible over actor. Because uh, we've seen so much Adam Beach movies now. Um, do you think he studies different cadences? Because I thought he had a different cadence this time. With yeah, he has too. to have. Yeah, yeah with yeah. Like the way the different natives have the cadences in their voices. I thought it was, it's like, I feel like it's always different mm-hmm. every time he plays a different native, which is great. Like, it's very method, you know, to do something like that. Yeah. So I liked that. I For him to pick that. it up too and yeah. do it, you know? Yeah. Like, is um, Adam Peach really Navajo after seeing this? Yeah. But he's not. It's, and there's another movie. My school took me to see this one, and they took us to go see Battle at Tui, Uwe Jima. Uwe Jima, yeah. yeah. Isn't he in that, too? 
Oh, he's in Flags of Our Fathers. Flags of Our Fathers. That's yes. the one that he's in. Yeah. Yep. So like that's why I was like, I think for a while I was like, is he Navajo? <laughs> yeah, right. Navajo. I was younger when I didn't know. Him. But he's too tall. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. Sorry, Navajo's listening. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> we have this thing in the in the red gaze where we talk about the white savior. So we know obviously the white savior savior here is Nicolas Cage. And Mark Ruffalo he, and um, in the military, America. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, say it one more time. <laughs> because obviously our long history of military achievements and our veterans mean nothing to the producers of these movies. <laughs> right. So, uh, wild. so frustrating. When does he out end in the Indian? When he gets his woman to lie for him. <laughs> <gasps> oh my God, Ray. <laughs> she risks her whole career in life just to get him back to war, and he shouldn't even be going anyway. That's when he's out Indian. Man, so he knows oh my god! Oh my god! Woman to do something crazy for him. Right. <laughs> I I was gonna say every scene, but I mean, like, yes, that that's is the, the apex. perfect. That is, the, that is the apex. Oh, that's so difficult. Because <laughs> we all know a native guy is like, hey, yep, I need you to do something yep, for me. Yep, yep. Ben's probably doing it right now. <laughs> Ben, if you're out there listening on your ripper, yeah. Uh, I, think, I think Ben had a tweet that was like, a native man should never see his woman pay for anything. That's why I wait in her car. <laughs> <laughs> or he's holding her, you know, <laughs> like a prom stance. <laughs> <laughs> I want this bottle. <laughs> oh, my oh, my. They're, sitting at, they're sitting at the machine together. Yeah. <laughs> Max taking turns Max fitting. <laughs> Hands entwined, pushing the button. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe people real, real do that. res love. I could never do that. No, really, I could never. <laughs> goals, I wonder, goals. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder, Mariah, you, like, you lie. Is that you goals? lie. Is that goals? Mariah, you lie. My, Michael, Michael, gray eyes come walking in. Oh while. God, I'd be like, let's go to that machine. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show you my favorite machine. Hold my on, babe, wait, machine. wait. <laughs> I take guys that like to this machine. <laughs> it's it's not the pennies. It's the nickels. It's the dollar nickels. <laughs> oh, God, I would. I would. <laughs> Last question for our white savior. Where is he now? Dead. I dead. dead. <laughs> okay, so the, so the better question is then, uh, would you make him potato salad? Would what? Would you make him some potato salad? No. <laughs> you no. I was like, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make potato salad for the guy. So I wouldn't. No. <laughs> My aunties aren't cooking at that. Uh, no. What is that? What are they called? Carrions? <laughs> no, no. We making no fried bread, no nothing like that. For Mark Ruffalo, I would though. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Had he gone? Some good funeral food. Yeah. <laughs> Hear that, Mark Ruffalo? If you're listening, some good sandwiches. Good sandwiches mm-hmm. and extra tasty potato salad for you. <laughs> All right, would you guys give this film a star quilt? No. no. <laughs> I agree. Not even a baby one. And, and I don't think they should give it a Navajo rug either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about other mentions, other scenes or other things in the movie that you guys um, want to talk about. 
I have to mention this. I have this as an honorable mention. There's a scene in there where the Christian Slater character is walking along with his his little band of brothers or whatever and talking about what they're going to do after the war. And then he starts talking about fruit and yogurt. And he's like, oh, yeah, I got this uh, thing I'm going to do where we, we add we add fruit to yogurt. And it's going to be this. It's going to make me rich. And he's like, I'm going to go make Fro-Ro, which is <laughs> <Mike> drop. <laughs> and, and this is crazy because I looked it up because <laughs> my boy Christian. And <laughs> so I looked it up. And, and for real, the... Um, Yogurt with fruit in it actually did come out about that time period historically, oh, 1942. So, so, so they were like, "We got to get yogurt, right?" Yes, yes, that's exactly what I said. I was like, "Are you guys the yogurt? You, we got, we got to be shambles. <laughs> we got to be historically accurate on the yogurt, but screw but the cold talkers." Yogurt anymore. <laughs> the people need to know. <laughs> Kotaku's not so much, but yogurt, we can't mess with the yogurt. Everybody eats yogurt. How many people speak Navajo? Just, just Come on, now, yes. we gotta be inclusive. Oh my god. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> Dying. That is crazy. This whole movie was just. I, I really, I watched it like a bunch of times and I had to like, it to power through it. Oh my god. I was just like, what is going on with this movie? Right, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. And I like, I actually kind of like action sequences, but it was just loud, just to be loud. Oh my god, very loud. I hate that. And so, I I went down this rabbit hole, like seriously, for like two days. I was like, reading all this stuff about it. And so these people that talk about war movies were saying that, you know, like, so much of it was inaccurate. People don't, like, scream. There was so much screaming in this movie. Like, they'd scream and they'd fall over. And they said that's, you know, that wasn't accurate. And there was just so much of it that was inaccurate as a war movie, too. So I I was doing some research on the actual Code Talkers. Um, one of the Code Talkers, Chester Nez, actually did a memoir. And he said that uh, most often four Code Talkers worked together. He said that they were all very good Marines. And they worked long hours um, translating messages sometimes 24 to 36 hours straight with no food or no rest Dang. just constantly yeah sending code after code to all these places and getting people to shift around and you know be strategic about where they were so you know there's again there's so much um that wasn't included in this film and uh, another actual code talker albert smith noted that none of he he wasn't aware of any of them that had bodyguards so you, it makes you kind of wonder. It's, it was controversial that they even said, you know, there's this, oh, protect the code thing. Yeah. You know, the army denied it, which, of course, they would. Right. Um, but they, they, you know, was that even real? And and that's the whole centerpiece of their movie, really. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and the, it's like a, the classic, like the Tonto and the Lone Ranger. Like, they always put a white guy with an Indian. You know what I mean? I just thought, thought that wasn't cool. But... The part when he, um, what is it? She, he gives her chocolate or something. That little girl. Oh yeah, right. I was like that. I don't like that. I didn't like that scene either. All right, so I'm gonna do my little part that I always do with my my quotes because I I like just some picking out some of my favorite movie quotes and I will say, 
I talk in movies because I, I like to like talk in, in movies. In our family too, it's like Goodfellas quotes and stuff like that. Right? That's yeah, they've got your favorite yeah. movies that yeah. you give these quotes to. So I think so. My favorite, one of my favorite uh, quotes, one of the first ones I thought that one <laughs> that was crazy when uh, this sergeant comes in and he's like, "So you the Indian?" <laughs> and Adam Beach goes, "Yeah." I'm the Indian. <laughs> <laughs> and just that whole quote, that whole scene there is so crazy. And the, th- the other quote that I thought was crazy was when Christian Slater first walks up to meet uh, uh, Charlie Whitehorse. And he's like, how? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, are you serious? And he's like, just kidding. <laughs> I think you I would have put... said how bad. Like, how? Yeah. <laughs> how do you do? <laughs> <laughs> and the other quote that I, I thought was cool was where he goes i don't know i can't remember the whole conversation but um nicholas cage's character and adam beach's character are talking about the horrors of war or whatever and he says i i feel better and he's like why because your buddy smeared ash on your forehead and he's like yes because my buddy smeared ash on my forehead and then he's like you see ghosts joe you know so it kind of turned it on him, you know, his beliefs, yeah. you know, were strong. And I, th- and I thought that was cool. I don't know. If, I don't think it was intentional on the director's part just because he's was so, you know, the director was pretty much ignorant of the culture all that time. Yeah. But I mean, in the Navajo culture or what I guess what I know of it, I don't know Navajo culture, but, the, you know, like they really don't, you, you can't be around dead people. And, you know, cause they have spirit, you know, and the, um, and so like them going through that ceremony to, in order to survive and to maintain their sanity through war made sense, Yeah, you know? So I thought maybe that was just a nod to that, which was kind of cool. And then that the most, the greatest quote, uh, of the movie, the, uh, the number one quote I think was, um, when they first, when, uh, Ben and Charlie first walk onto the little base or whatever, and Charlie goes, I've never seen this many white men. <laughs> and then Ben goes, they've never seen this many Navajo. <laughs> There's just the two of them. Uh, I thought that was crazy. But those are my quotable quotes for this movie. Quotable quotes. <laughs> Speaking of that part where he goes, how? Uh-huh. When we were in school, um, it was like basically all white school. So I went to grade school, middle school, and high school. All white. And that's what they would do to us. Really? They would go, How? Come or and they would on. go oh like not the tomahawk chop yeah they would go how or like put their mouth over uh-huh. there so that's what we had to Ugh. it was just like ew so cringy when I saw it. but I laughed because he was like just kidding <laughs> <laughs> all right well let's move into the our bingo our res gaze bingo and once again I was left in the cold <laughs> I got a postage damn it <laughs> bingo, bingo bingo did you get a bingo. Anybody get a bingo? No, Did I you? didn't. No. So this is a postage stamp. This one was a tough one. Yeah. All right. Clay got a postage stamp. So, all right. What what'd you get for your postage stamp? Uh, turquoise jewelry, says red slang word, moccasins, and elder medicine man. All right. We got to say what the res slang word is, though, because there isn't very much of it. You have to watch really carefully. Yeah. So what, where was the, where was the... It was like on the bus at the beginning when he tells him, like, you know, I got to come and make sure that... Um, what does he say again? Gotta make sure that you know we are white brothers. Yeah. Oh yeah, those you're white guys don't think you're the best yeah. Navo. <laughs> he like yeah, then he like says like nay or something. <laughs> to him. Yeah, or something He's like, like hey. 
Well, this one was a tough one. I was like looking for all these things in it. There was, um, I think I only got what? Only like seven marks on my bingo card. Cause this wasn't like a, you know, the, the stereotypes. I was like, there's no eagle scene. Like, <laughs> where's the eagle scene? This would have, you'd have been, yeah, there's no screeching eagle, even at the beginning and the end when they're, you know, like deep in animal country. What? There's no eagle scene? Like All right. when he goes berserk with the machine gun, they could have just inserted a, a hawk screeching. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Screeching. right. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell, Jim Woo or whatever. <laughs> what the hell, Director Woo? Don't you know anything? We need an eagle scene. <laughs> First, we're mad about the eagle scene. Now we want one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there has to be an eagle scene. Where was it? And the, yeah, the, and there was no like historical flashback reference. I was like waiting for that too. This was bullshit. No, <laughs> I wasn't even near a bingo. I was so close. I needed that eagle. <laughs> At least we got one postage stamp going for us. Anything else you guys want to say before we close up about the movie? Would you suggest this movie to people? No. No. <laughs> I guess well, it is important, though. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe because of the impo- the importance of it. But the what fact that... What are you going to get from it, though? Yeah. Like, like, what kind of facts are you going to get from it? You're not that you get... couldn't go do and research on your own. Yeah. Or get right. from a like, good documentary. Or that they don't probably already know themselves. Right. Yeah. Because right. they all have one in their family. And you see, like. like, the fact that... I just think, you know, the American government just on the Navajos once again. You know, they have, they like could have made this film so much better and, you know, took out all the uh, useless scenes that we really didn't need and put more information on that. Because it was just kind of like a stupid, what, 95% of it was Nicolas Cage trying yes. to be a hero. Yes. So, and there's probably white people who are like, yeah, we protected you guys. I saw it in Wind Talkers. Oh, God. Right? Yes. <laughs> the, the thing that they would take away from yeah. this is like, oh, you guys didn't even make good army guys, which is like, which yeah, is the ultimate guys. disrespect. Because, super. Yeah, super disrespect because as Native people, you know, like our, our ancestors were volunteering before it was even, they were even citizens they were volunteering for, right. for war. Yeah. So how does this movie have the nerve to portray us as we, like we wouldn't have competent. made. Yeah, incompetent. Like soldiers. we don't excel at everything that you put us in. Right. You know, it doesn't exactly. matter what it is. We exactly. always end up excelling somehow. Yeah, exactly. So if you want to see a bad film, I guess see this one. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to Are, see uh, Ben Yazzie name his kid grandson Donald Trump, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, we got. It. What's the other one? George W. Yazzie, <laughs> Barbara Bush. That's the one I love. Barbara Bush Yazzie. We'll hope that there isn't a George W. Yazzie on the out there. On the, out there. <laughs> How wild anybody, would anybody that be? in Navajo Nation? Let us know. <laughs> oh my God, that would be wild. And we don't apologize. <laughs> Well, thank you for joining us for the Red Gaze. Uh, uh, make sure you like and follow and uh, wherever you see us and share with your friends and family as well. Uh, if you have a suggestion for a movie you'd like to see, let us know and we'll pick it up on the Red Gaze. Flutes and feathers, eagles cry. No more saviors, no more lies. Waiting for better days. We'll be here with our red gaze. Hey, oh, hey, yeah, hey, oh.
Hip, hip.